New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced full-bodied blend brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or rehung. Enjoy a medium, hotter, iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. Switching to GEICO is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, GEICO makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7, online, or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to GEICO, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea. Hi, welcome to Wonderful and Strange. I'm PJ. I'm Celia. And this week we're doing 1985's Nightmare on Elm Street 2 with Freddy's Revenge. Yay! Yes. Say so what have you been up to? But, you know, lockdown life. Well, I found a, found a conker. Found a conker. Yeah. That was it. That's it, yeah. Yeah, I found a couple actually. Mm. Without looking. They've just popped out. I've been walking past. Autumn is here. Autumn is here. It is. I thought you said ultimate something. I no, wasn't... said autumn. I wasn't. I was thinking like ultimate conquer. No. Autumn is here. Autumn is here. Ugh. I really, I like autumn though. I do. I think. I don't know. Yeah, I it's like all right. moments as long as I've got stuff to do. I suppose. Hmm. It's kind of the build any... up to winter though, because you know winter's coming, so it's like ah. Oh. No. But it's one of them, isn't it? Yeah. What have I done? Not a lot, really. Not a lot. Something... Have you harvested your corn? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. It's on the list. It's sounds... on the it's on the list. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Sounds yeah. good. Uh yeah, something something relevant to uh this film. I was debating whether to buy some because uh there's a company in America called Dead Sled Coffee and they've just released they've just released like a special edition coffee and it's uh, Robert Englund's coffee. And I really oh, I want bet some. That's, I, bet it, I bet it's bitter. I bet it's bitter. very strong. Yeah. Very strong. Yeah. Very strong. Yeah. Weak. The uh the packet's like red and green striped. Like his jumper, uh, I really want some. I think it's got a picture oh, of him. It's got a picture of him with a coffee mug, but he's got the claws on. But it <sighs> has himself, yeah. But I really want oh, some. You should definitely try some. Def- yeah. yeah, definitely try some. 
if they're listening and you'd like to uh, send me some free, that'd be nice. Just saying. <laughs> or just tell us, tell us how strong it is. Is it strong? It's gonna be. You're not. You're not gonna be allowed milk. You're not gonna be allowed sugar. It's just rocket fuel. Black. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. As possible. Yeah, definitely. I might have to try some in the near future. What if you drink it and it gives you the powers of um, Freddy? Mm, maybe. Oh, do you, do you think it's ironic that if you do, if you drink coffee, you won't sleep? That's the whole point. Because <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> it gets you in your dreams, so they all have to drink coffee. So why not have? Yeah. Robert Englund's coffee. Yeah. But yeah. it's a strong one. Yeah. So I might have to I might have to try some. I'm curious. Yeah. Johnny Depp sleep aid in that case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh Glenn. <sighs> Worst boyfriend ever. You had one job. You had one job and it was to stay awake, Glenn. And you didn't. Or maybe like a, a John Saxon Man of Action pajamas or something that help you stay. Lucid. Yeah. <laughs> I love this, yeah. They should be they should do like a whole series of the of all the people. That'd be good. Each character should have their own sort of novelty product that yeah. somehow ties in. But it's a it's a genuine product you can use every day. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that'd be good. Get on that guys. I think that needs to happen. Oh. So yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street two, nineteen eighty five. It scored a 5.5 out of 10 on IMDb. I know. That's good. It's directed by a guy called Jack Shoulder, and the synopsis is, Jesse and his family move into the Thompson's old house. Jesse is plagued by nightmares of Fred Krueger, who wants to possess him to create havoc in the real world. Mm. Yeah. Well, did. I remember watching this when I was little. This was, like, one of my favourites. But... It's it's a weird one because I feel like there's a lot of people who don't like it and a lot of people who do like it. Mm. It's a it's yeah it's weird. I think if you if you'd never seen any of the the films in the series before, mm. but you enjoyed slasher films, you'd enjoy it. Yeah. But if you if you I don't know because it did feel different to the other one, the first one. It's different. I feel like it's different to. Like all the other ones as well, like all yeah. the other sequels, it's weird. Um, it just felt like, but like the protagonist was different. They went, they went a kind of different way with it, but I quite like that. Yeah. But yeah. as when I watched it when I was younger, I just took it at face value and and I was just like, yeah, that was quite good. Like it was different. I enjoyed it. But then obviously, there's a lot of apparent connotations associated with this film it's known as the gay nightmare on elm street which completely went over my head when i was a kid yeah well it does when you watch something when you're young you Mm. you're just not conscious of the adult themes you just sort of take it as it is Mm -hmm. so you always have like a special place in your heart for the stuff that you watch when you're young yeah i love i love it i it's one of my favorite ones i like it i mean it is different um, it's very enjoyable. But it's good. I like it. I really like Mark Patton in it. I think he's really good. Guy can scream. Love it. <sighs> Whew. Yeah. I love it. Um, And I really like the artwork of the poster for it as well. And it's... It's like... It's, it's Jessie and... I want to call her Kim, but she's not called Kim. 
what's she called? Lisa. Jesse and Lisa, and they're hugging, but there's a mirror, like, next to them, and he's looking in the mirror, and he's got the claws, and then it's, like, half a, it, like, his face is half a skeleton, which I really, I love that, it's, like, my favourite poster out of all of them, and it's, the guy who did it is called Matthew Peake, and he did the artwork for, I think he did the first five, and then uh, he did... He did one like more recently for the sixth one, mm. but yeah, like he did all that. He did like he was like the guy. He's done loads of stuff. I was I was reading about him. He's not quite as well known as that guy who we were on about the other week. Yeah, I don't think, but like his stuff's really good. Still, it maybe he's like a horror horror mm. guy. Mm. Yeah, he's done. He has done a few things, but I think like these ones, like particular, stuck with me. I actually based my final GCSE project art on that poster, which I realised the other day, and I was like, that's where I got the idea from. I've only just realised. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, weird. Yeah. But yeah, it's... I, I can't remember what I did at A-level. I can't remember what GCSE. I did. I can't remember a single thing about my GCSEs. Couldn't, couldn't tell you. Even no. Would, even if you offered me... A like million a, pounds. No. I could tell you, I have no memory. No. I only remember that because it was, I quite enjoyed art and yeah. I remember uh, doing it. it. I vaguely remember doing an embroidered picture of sheepdog. Two <laughs> <laughs> things which I am not into. I wasn't into embroidery or sheepdogs at the time, but I think, I don't I think I just found a picture of a sheepdog in a magazine and we had to submit some embroidery. So I just embroidered a picture of a sheepdog. Why not? Um, but <laughs> why not? I love I it. Embroidered since. Oh, what a shame! <laughs> well, oh, maybe you need I, to. I didn't take to it. No, it's quite I, hard work, I mean, isn't anything it? Anything with fabric, yeah. Mm. Anything that requires attention to detail or fabric or needles is not an option for me. I'm just, I'm just, just no. Just no. <laughs> no. oh dear yeah so yeah for the for this film i've done quite a lot of research actually this week but we'll, we'll get into it more because obviously like I say the connotations of this film like it's widely renowned as the gay nightmare on elm street and there's been well there was two documentaries so there was never sleep again which came out in 2010, and that basically chronicled every film in the series and, like, the production, and, and it they interviewed the cast and all that kind of stuff. They said, apparently, it was really hard to track down Mark Patton, who was Jesse in the film. They couldn't find him. They had to get, like, um They had to get a private investigator to find him. Really? Yeah, and it turned wow. out he was living in Mexico at the time. And uh, wow. so he... So they, they kind of, they asked him to come and do this documentary. So he said he would do. He came back and it and he said that he, it kind of upset him a bit that, that he'd come back to this and it kind of reopened these old wounds that he'd found to be a problem. Um, and it was kind of, and he said he'd sort of looked online and there was loads of like really negative stuff about him and, and all this like I know it's horrible and I'm like I will I will defend this film like fucking fight me because it is really good 
Okay. So so this happened, and then he decided that he wanted to do his own documentary about it. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it, and it was, uh, I think it was on, like, Kickstarter or something. It was a, a crowdfunded mm. thing, and it's called Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street, and that basically is his side of the story yeah and it and it if anyone hasn't watched it i really recommend watching it it's on youtube actually at the moment well i haven't watched it i felt well fact watch when, it when do i do anything watch it it's on youtube it's really good but basically this it was in a it was in a stage show before he did this and then that got made into a film and then he'd done a few adverts and stuff. But then obviously horror in the 80s, they used it as like a showcase of young talent because obviously budgets were low, you could hire people for cheap, but then obviously some went on to have really good careers. I mean, like Johnny Depp, Kevin Bacon, yeah. you know, all that kind yeah. of stuff. So it was kind of a... It was on the verge of being famous... And then he did this, and then nothing really afterwards. Oh. He did a few. He did a few things. Like I think he did a few TV spots and stuff. But that was it. And he and he kind of, yeah. from what I can gather, he kind of got a bit disenfranchised with it all, and he and just oh, right. sort of quit. And it's really sad. It's really sad, and it's, and yeah. it's kind of it must be heartbreaking to think you've got the big break, and then nothing comes of it. it yeah, that's it. Like obviously, like I'm, I'm a straight woman, so like I'm, you know, I, I'm not in that kind of world and stuff. But like, like watching it, like I really felt for him. I was like, that's really awful. And and because of the time as well, like he was a gay actor, but wasn't out as gay, so no one knew yeah. really. Like apart from like his probably close circle and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All through the, all through this uh, documentary, like everyone was like, "Well, we didn't really have any idea that it was a gay film. We, you know, we just no. took it as it was at face value, kind of thing. We had no idea." The guy who wrote it, David Chaskin, adamantly said that he didn't write it as gay. Yeah. But then said that Mark Patton played it gay because he's gay. And he actually did say that, and he has it out with him in the documentary about it, yeah. which is quite interesting. Because you take yeah. it that way, you'd have to be yeah. like, well, Mark Patton actually was Freddy Krueger because he was playing Freddy Krueger. Like, yeah, exactly. Actors are, are, are acting. That's yeah. like they're just acting. But he, ba- yeah, he basically said that that it was it was on him that he made the role gay, and I was like, mm, whatever. Um, well, but then, but then he, after he that, acting. after that, he's come out and said, "Oh well, well, actually, I did write it. It had a subtext about it." And I thought, "Well, yeah, you're saying that now because people are like, oh yeah, you know, we've seen this and this.'" And so he's like, yeah. sort of te- he's like almost taking credit for it after he'd like shit all over this poor guy. Like, you know, it's really horrible. But you know, they've had it out with each other. They've said what they need to say. People have apologised. Move on. So, yeah. and and he does like like Mark Patton does go to like the um he goes to like the comic cons and oh, stuff now. He? Yeah, he does. Yeah, I'd love to meet Mark Patton. I bet he's very popular. I swear, if if we can ever go out again, 
and there's a Comic Con, and he's there. I'll be there. Yeah. Going do, you, do you think Comic Cons will ever take place in the same way again? I don't know. I hope so. I don't know. What you I'm know, hoping so. is, what we need is a really harsh winter to kill it off. That's what we need. We need there to be like a, a cure that comes out of left field. Yeah. That just zaps it. Yeah. Just Gets all, rid. Yeah. All flu just needs to go. thing is, with... With stuff like that, it tends to run its course anyway, doesn't it? It's just well, taking longer than people think, so we'll see. Hopefully, it's like a chameleon. It keeps what Popping you call up. it shape shifting. Mm. You can't. It's it's like the normal flu is the normal flu, and Corona seems to be a bit like there's new information about it all the time, and yeah. you don't know. That's it because it's because it's a new thing. No one really knows anything about it, so. Everyone's learning yeah. all the time, so... But hopefully, one day, we'll get back to normal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll start yes, on, the, on the actual uh, thing, yeah. I just wanted to say... I wanted to kind of say that bit because I feel like it is important as part of it. Yeah, and I, I mean, just... sometimes stuff that's of its time, yeah. when you look back on it, it yeah. seems... It, 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 we would view it in a way that people in 1985, Didn't. when they were making it and writing it, probably mm-hmm. wouldn't mm-hmm. have viewed it that way. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's but, it. It's like, it's like almost like when you see, um, like, people saying, like, Friends is, like, really horrible and stuff. And it's like, well, in today, it probably wouldn't have been written, but in 1990. Yeah six or whatever it was like that's how people wrote unfortunately like some of it is a bit problematic but mm. it's just one of them things in it it's a, it's you've i think for me i just try and take things at face value and say well it is of the time but don't necessarily yeah. subscribe to that belief do you know what i mean yeah it's not yeah it's yeah it's, it's tricky i suppose you've got, you've got to judge it um on individual Films or yeah. TV shows. That's it, that's it. So you can't be like, all shows from the 80s were innocent mm-hmm. or not. But just, just got to watch the film and decide for yourself. That's it. That's yeah, it. Sol- solved it. Solved it. Just that simple statement. Just just watch it and see. Just, it's fine. Yeah, just watch. Just, yeah, <laughs> and judge for yourself. Also, before we start as well, how much does Kim Myers look like Meryl Streep? I didn't notice. Lisa? Did you not? She properly looks like Meryl Streep. I didn't notice, but I do like Meryl Streep. She she looks like a young Meryl Streep. And that's basically why they hired her. That's why they hired her, because they were like, she looks like a young Meryl Streep, yeah. Young Meryl Streep. uh, Meryl Streep's daughter looks like a young Meryl Streep. Maybe she is Meryl Streep's daughter. Same. But yeah. She looks exactly the same as well. She's basically not aged at all which is incredible she looks the same i always said if uh, there was a film of my life made i'd want a young meryl streep to play me there you go but i don't think meryl streep would stoop to playing the role of me because <laughs> she'd be like i really only do things that are more cinematic well maybe you could get i'd, I'd need something really like, maybe you could get king Ma- kim myers yeah she'll do it for you get a low budget yeah, get Kim Myers. Yeah. Yeah. 
There you go. Oh, maybe I'd get maybe I'd cast myself completely different. Mm. Oh, that woman that's in Ghostbusters. Yeah. I don't know what she's called. I don't know what she's called either. Forget. What if you cast yourself in a film about yourself and you decided to just go absolutely like <laughs> off piste like Jack Nicholson? <laughs> Absolutely, that is well off paced. But I kind of like it. So the script, the script would be completely the same, but the casting would be open to anyone. Anyone. Who would I get? Who would I get that's really left field? Let me think. David Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff. Jason Statham. (laughs) 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 Oh, that'd be awesome. I like it. Yeah. I see, like it. It's controversial. I can see it, I can see it yeah. yeah. It's controversial. Yeah. Right, anyway. Yeah. We've proper gone off on one. Not even started it yet. Right. So, we open with a road and a yellow school bus driving down the road and then you get claw scratches and it's Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy's Revenge, in, like, blue metallic, which I thought was quite 80s and I quite enjoyed it. Then we get... Jesse, who is sat on this bus. I don't know what they've done to his hair, but it's awful. <laughs> it's blasted across his head. He's, re- he's like, he's really, really hunched. He's sweaty. He's nervous. He doesn't look like he wants to be there, to be honest. Also, the uh, driver of the school bus is Robert England, not in makeup. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... He's sat on this bus and he looks really uncomfortable and there's these two girls sat in front of him, like, looking at him and laughing and he's just like, oh, God, this is horrible. And then the bus starts to speed up and then they're all a bit like, oh, the bus is speeding up. And then that kind of... It gets quicker and quicker and quicker and then eventually it's just careering into a desert. So you're like, (laughs) oh... He's having a dream. It's a dream. It's a dream. Quickly becomes a desert, yeah. Quick, Yeah, quickly becomes a desert. It's like road, desert, done. And then you see the uh, gloved hand driving the gear stick, so you're like, oh, it's definitely a dream now. There's these two girls and him on this bus. The girls are screaming and crying and sort of stressing out. He's sort of sat there. He's trying to get out and he can't get out. And then they... Does he look? He looks out of the window and then it he, he realizes that the bus is actually just balanced on two like pillars of rock. The pillars of rock they look round for it. It's like a sinkhole. Yeah. Like, just enough to support the bus. And it's and it's all ominous. There's lightning. It's not good. And then mm. we see Freddie get up from the uh, driver's seat and he starts walking towards them and he's like scraping his claws on the seats. Ugh. Girls are like screaming. He's just laughing because he finds it hilarious, as you do. <laughs> and uh, and then it cuts to breakfast. So it's Jesse's mum, dad and sister getting ready for breakfast, eating breakfast. And then you hear this scream, like blood-curdling scream. And then the little sister's like, why can't Jesse wake up like everyone else? So obviously that isn't the first time. Then it cuts to him in his room and he's obviously woken up screaming. He's 
sweating. Terrible night. And terrified, yeah. And then he gets up and I put I put white underpants. Is this what people wore in the eighties? Because they are bad. Is that, is that did, well yeah they Who did. Who the wore these? Tighty whitey strange. underpants. Oh, they're the worst. Strange time. They're absolute worst. So he gets downstairs and he gets, I think he ends up getting some coffee or something, doesn't he? Because, and they're like, oh, are you all right, son? Yeah, like, you all right, son? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Then his dad's like, unpack your room. So I'm assuming they've not lived there long. Yeah, they've yeah. not lived there long, but like the rest of the house is unpacked, but he's not unpacked because obviously he's a teenage boy. He's not going to, is he? Why would you? And all the way through, he's just Why obsessed. His dad is obsessed yeah. that he unpacks his room. And the sister's digging out the Fu Man fingers from a cereal because she wants their free gifts. Yeah. And then she puts them on and they look like claws and he's like... Ugh. Claws. Um, his dad's talking about the air con breaking because I think he says, like, it was like my room's boiling, I can't cope with this. And then the mum's like, why don't you fix it? So then he's like, oh, fix it, fine. Whatever. Yeah, the dad is played by Clue Gulliger, who was in a lot of um, westerns, I think. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I think like he's probably like the biggest name in the really? in the thing. Oh, yeah, probably. I saw his name in the credits, and I thought Gulliger, oh, yeah. that is, but I did not think it would be the dad. Yeah, it's the dad. Yeah. So, but yeah, he's ob- he's obsessed. <laughs> with him doing his room and then uh, the door goes and it's Lisa so they get in his car which he has to basically hotwire for it to start yeah um, it's a cool car though it's a nice car isn't just it needs, I like that car needs a, a bit of, a bit of uh, cleaning up it needs work yeah let me get the, uh, the wiring sorted <laughs> yeah so they drive drive off in this car. It's like backfiring all over the place, and it's like uh, black smoke coming out of it. But it drives, so it's fine. And they get to school, and then it cuts to school PE time, and we meet Grady, who yeah. is I think he's his friend, but he's not he's very not. nice to him a lot <laughs> of the time. He's, I feel like they've painted him up to be like the new Rod Lane from the first one. Like the sort of ne'er-do-well guy. But they they have a bit of banter. And then you see... um, It's Lisa's friend. And I've just basically put Randy Friend obsessed with Lisa's sex life. Because that's all she ever asks her. She doesn't ask anything else. <laughs> she just wants to know about sex life. And that's it. So... And then we meet the coach who is sassy. AF to Jesse. The playing I think they're playing baseball, aren't they? And he he catches the ball and tells Grady he's out. So then in retaliation of that he pulls his pants down and then they get into a fight. <laughs> <laughs> so then as you do, bloody boys, what is wrong with boys? They're so silly. Then he cuts to a, a put a million push ups. It's basically a million push ups. Because yeah. that's what they get. It didn't really feel like a very really realistic representation of um, a PE lesson. Well, you know, it they just, played baseball and did push-ups. It wasn't very... <laughs> yeah, is that what happens in 
Because we just used to do cross country and hockey. Same. And if it was raining, we'd do um, like we'd just rope climbing and that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so there. Oh, that climbing frame. I hated rope climbing. I've got no upper body strength. I can't do it. (laughs) Move all the mats, didn't you? Oh Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Half a year lesson was like taking it out and putting it away again. Oh, it was yeah. worst. <laughs> anyway, so they're both doing push-ups and then uh, for some reason Grady starts talking about the coach and how he likes going to S&M joints and would probably like pretty boys like him. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, proper weird, weird guy friends. I don't get it. So I think they start talking about... Does it cut to like the it cuts to like the locker room and they're getting changed, aren't they? And yeah. They start talking about him moving on to Elm Street and then he's like, Oh, you've not gone into that house with all the bars on the windows, have you? And he was like, Yeah, yeah, that's where I live. And yeah, then he, yeah, that's, he basically that's the house, says the place. Yeah, and he basically says, Oh, uh yeah, this chick went nuts there, um whatever, blah. But it it kinda just says, Oh, shut up, whatever and ignores him. And then it cuts to him in his room and it's boiling. Yeah. And then he goes downstairs to the fridge to get a drink because it's boiling. And then does he hear a, he hears a noise outside? Mm. So then he goes he goes outside and then you're like, oh, he's probably having a dream. Because I don't yeah. think he'd wander outside. And then he... He's sort of wandering outside and then he sees something going on in the cellar of his house. So he goes around the house and sees this little window and it's yeah. Fre- and it's Freddie attending to the boiler in the basement. Ugh. Oh, I hate that boiler. I hate the boiler. The boiler creeps me out. Get a combi boiler. Even if it wasn't a horror film. Just get a valent. Ugh. It would solve all your problems. Just get a thing in the a big box in the kitchen or the bathroom that's white and then you don't have to go down to lock the basement never go down there yeah it's like a smelt thing in the basement it's like it looks like the oldest boiler system that i've ever seen like yeah people need to rip that out just get it updated get one of those new ones i forget what they're called but they're they're valent ones Mm. that's what we've got yeah so he he sees him, so he goes back in and he sort of heads for the basement to see what's going on. So I was I was reading apparently in the first film, Freddy Krueger is on for eight minutes and that's it in the entire film. Really? Mm, yeah, wow. that's mad, that isn't it? Wow. So obviously this one yeah. they're like going all in to include him a bit more so he's just about to get to this basement door and he runs into him because it's always that thing where like he appears out of nowhere and he's like bah! yeah so he's really close to him like uncomfortably close and i feel like this is where the the start of the kind of the like there's definitely gay connotations in this because he like starts to- well. he starts like touching his face doesn't he with the um glove and stuff which is weird and apparently Apparently, it said that it was kind of a more... Because he's, like, a typically handsome boy, 
it's like almost jealousy of him because like obviously he looks a mess now because he's been set on fire about a thousand times so i kind of that's yeah i kind of got that but apparently he wanted to put one of the knife things in his mouth as like part of the thing and he was like well he was like "Eh, yeah all right then that's fine so they were going to film it and then apparently the makeup artist was like oh wait we need more makeup so she came on to do Mike Patton's makeup and she was like, do not let him do that to you. Do not let him. So then they changed it. Yeah. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. I don't think I like the sound of that. Those I feel claws like... don't look very clean. No. <laughs> and I feel like they were probably real claws as well. Like they're sharp. They're sharp. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it, does, it doesn't... Um, he didn't let him. So I think he just like runs it around his mouth or something. But then he's like, he's basically saying like, we've got special work to do. And then he says, uh, you've got the body and I've got the brains. And then he like pulls his head off to reveal his brain. And then he wakes up screaming again. It's pulsating, wasn't it? Yeah. Ugh. Do brains pulsate? Like I don't know. Do you, like, um, you know, if you're trying to work something out, like a maths problem or something, mm. that's how I feel. That he's going like this. Yeah. That's how I. Yeah. That's what my brain does when I try and like work something out. Mhm. <laughs> so he he wakes up really. screaming again. But that's just how I feel. It might be. I don't know. <laughs> I can't see it. Who Maybe knows? It Who knows? Yeah. So. When you really rethink something, your brain starts pulsating. <laughs> he uh, yeah he wakes up in a sweat again. Uh, Mum comes in and is like, do you need a doctor? And he's like, no, I just had a bad dream. It's fine. And then it cuts to school. They're learning about the digestive system. Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. Switching to GEICO is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, GEICO makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to GEICO, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. 
It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to Geico. It's obviously a good idea. And the heart all in one lesson, which is weird. The, yeah, they're not going to be able to cover everything. Would you not? Lesson. Would you not cover one thing at a time? You'd think. You'd think. I don't know why. Mm. See that the the thing that I found most offensive about this is the fact that they covered two things that are different in one lesson. It's weird. In one, they they weren't having much time. No. To covering all the aspects of biology. No. That's awful. That's it. It's crazy. That's worse than- the if you were going to do digestive system, surely you'd do like mouth to bum and then do so. heart you another think... time. Yeah. It makes more sense. But anyway, it doesn't matter. On one day. Yeah, exactly. Digestive yeah. one other day. Yeah. Lungs on another day. Maybe it's sort of the neurological. Yep. Um, blood brain Could do like eyes and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. He's he's obviously and not the skeletal system. Exactly. He's I'm he's not slept. I digress. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not slept, so he's nodding off in class yeah. with Ivan there. Yeah. And then somebody thinks it'll be really funny to put a snake on him, so he falls asleep and a snake comes on him, but then you're kinda like, is it a dream, is it a not dream? And then he wakes up screaming again. And then his teacher's like, if you want to play with animals, join the circus, and then puts it back. So, and then Grady. They have a snake at school. I know. We never had. We had locusts at one point. What live ones? Yeah. Where did you go to school? Bradford. Bradford. <laughs> yeah, I remember we, we had like um. Was alive. Yeah. Apart from a million blackbirds and seagulls. Yeah, it was weird. I don't even know why we had them. Were we dissecting him? I don't know. Oh. Mm. So, are, they too, are they not too small to dissect? Probably. I don't know. I don't know why we had them. Oh, I feel like we had them. Like we had them for a reason, something. but I don't know what it was. <laughs> I don't know. Oh God. So. Anyway. So uh, it cuts to Lisa swimming in her massive palatial house that she's got. <sighs> and she gets a phone call and it's jesse on the phone then it cuts to jesse coming down the stairs and then his dad's like go and unpack your room son and then he's like i'm just going out Uh, and he was like no you're not you're cleaning your room go so he's like oh for god's sake so he goes to goes to his room where there's a sign on his door that says no chicks and also, he's got a board game called Probe in his wardrobe. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. I, d- I didn't until I'd watched the thing and it was all pointed out to me. So, I feel like it said that at the time, Risky Business was really popular. So, this was like his Risky Business. <laughs> I love it. So... He decides that he's going to put some music on. He puts his little Ray-Bans on and then does the best dance that I've ever seen. It's up there with Crispin Glover's dance in Friday the 13th Part 4. It's good. Have you seen Kickboxer? No. Jean-Claude Van Damme does um, an interesting dance in Kickboxer. Does he? He goes to the bar. I love I love films it's with random dancing. They're great. Yeah. 
So he's dancing around and he's on his bed and then mum comes in with Lisa and he's like, I wasn't doing anything. He looks, he looks like super guilty. It's like, I was only dancing, it's fine. So she well. says, oh, I've just come round, I'll give you a hand, basically. She puts some jumpers in his wardrobe, which she does not fold, which irritated me. She literally just picks them up. That's not helping. Puts, that you're not helping. You're not folding them. What not are you helping. doing? Exactly. No. Yeah, so uh, Lisa comes across this diary, and it's Nancy's diary. And... Uh, She's the sort of reading it out and having a bit of giggle and she's talking about Glenn and but then it comes to this part that he says it comes to me at night and then somebody about a about claws and Tina's dead. It's basically the first film recapped in like a paragraph. So they're they're like, Well, this is a bit weird. Whatever, we'll think nothing of it. Then it cuts to night time and he's in bed. It's really, really hot again. And he starts looking around and all the stuff in his room's melting. So, like, his uh, lamp... Yeah, his lamp's melting. There's a record that bends because that's really hot. And then he ends up going down to the basement and he finds the glove. The fire's on. And then he says, oh, try it on for size. And he's like, no, I don't want to, thanks. And then, he, and then he's like, kill for me. And he's like, no, I don't want to. And then he wakes up and he's got the glove on, I think. And he's like, Creepy. gets rid of that. And then I think he talks to Lisa about it the next day. And then she's like, can I take the diary? I might be able to find something. So he gives her it. And then her friend Karen comes and... And says that she's looking forward to her party. Yeah, they they end up going and she says bye to him and kisses him on the cheek, which I thought was a bit weird. But, whatever. Then it cuts to Grady and Jesse running. And then it cuts to them talk. They're talking about sport and then they're talking about the coach and how they don't like him. He's got a stick up his ass. Blah, blah, blah. But then they realise that the coach has stood there the entire time. Right there. Smash cut to a million (laughs) (laughs) press-ups. Again. (laughs) I was like, oh my God. I love it. Then it cuts to uh, some little parakeets in a cage. They're so cute. They're nice, yeah. And uh, and the... I think the... The sister puts a cover over him, doesn't she? And she's like, they're, they're going to sleep for the night. The dad looks at the thermostat and it's 97 degrees. And they're all like, yeah, it's really hot. You really need to fix that. Then yeah. then we get one of the greatest scenes in horror. The cage starts to shake. And <sighs> one of the birds escapes. Find out it's killed the other bird. And it starts flying around the room. It scratches the dad, knocks over a load of lamps, and then basically. I know, flapping around, and then it basically bursts into flames. So the dad thinks it's a gas leak and starts pulling out the oven of the kitchen. And he's like, oh, it's a gas leak. And, And then Jesse's like, it isn't. It's not a gas leak. And then he's like, he says something like, oh, 
it's probably bird rabies or something like that. And then he's like, oh, it's you. You've done it. And he's like, how would I have set that up? How would I have actually set that up? And he's like, oh, you probably put a firecracker in it or something. And he's like, God, I didn't. And then basically storms off because he's like, I'm sick of this conversation with you. It's ridiculous. And then it cuts to night time again. And he's in his boiling room. So he goes down to the kitchen and he sees lightning strike. I think it like strikes into the kitchen. So he's like, whoa, that's a bit weird. And then he goes outside in his pyjamas and he ends up going to a bar, which I thought was like, he must be dreaming at this point because if anyone saw a kid wandering around in his jammies, you'd be like, what are you doing? And they wouldn't have yeah. let him in. So he, no, would not, no. so he ends up going to this bar, which turns out to be this S&M leather bar that uh, Grady was on about. Right? I've been, I've been to a lot of gay bars. Not one of them has looked like this. <laughs> Ever. No, they haven't. But that's fine. Whatever. Then <laughs> we get to Bob Shapiers as a bartender did you see him that's interesting yeah he he crops up in his weird little leather vest and gives him a beer and i'm like again he must be dreaming because this guy's giving him a beer and he's definitely not 21 yeah but whatever so he's about to drink this beer but the coach appears and he's like oh okay and then it cuts to him running laps at the school and he just likes to it's punish. Dream. He just likes to punish people, because yeah. I was like, if he really wanted to punish him, he'd have made him do a million press ups. So <laughs> he's running around, and then he goes for, and then he he's like, hit the showers. You've done enough now. Blah blah blah. The coach is in his office and hears a noise, and all the strings of the badminton racket start to glow and snap. Yeah. And then. So it's a strange way. For things to start kicking off. Yeah, it's really weird. And yeah. then and then the balls fly at him and then I put worst game of dodgeball ever because all <laughs> the balls just fly at him at once. And then he ends up getting dragged by skipping ropes to the showers. It's really weird. And then uh, he gets all the showers go on while he's in the shower and he's like, oh shit, what's going on? And then uh, Coach gets stringed up with these skipping ropes and then stripped completely naked for some reason and then he gets whipped with towels weird and then uh, yeah and then it, it's mysterious yeah there's all this steam so you can't really see what's going on and then you see him slashing with his knives and then he dies and then so like Jesse's kind of watching this but then he looks down and he's wearing the glove so he's like Oh. Mm. And then he screams again. <laughs> I love it. It's like, ah! He's a good screamer. He's a very good screamer. He's a, he's a scream queen. I love it. Then uh, cuts to police at door with Jesse. So you're like, oh, it wasn't a dream then. Because they're like, is this... I think they actually say, is this yours? And they're like, oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, thank you. So... So he comes in and, and he's like, I think I'm going to go to bed. 
and he starts walking up the stairs. That blanket is so long. I was like, he is going to trip over that blanket in a minute. <laughs> walking up the Major stairs. Hazard. Yeah. And then they're like, can we talk? And he's like, I don't really want to talk right now. Uh, and he's like, I just need to ask you, uh, are you on drugs? Uh, no, he says, what are you on and who gave them to you? And he's like, I'm not on drugs. I'm just going to go to bed. And then... Like the mum, the mum's like the more sympathetic one, isn't she? And she's like, I really want to help him and stuff. And then, yeah. the uh, the dad's like, he needs a kick in the butt or a methadone clinic. I'm not sure which. Uh, then it cuts to school the next day, and all the police are there. Jesse comes in and he's like, oh, what's going on? And then they're like, the coach is dead, and he's like, oh, oh no. So, then. It cuts to night time again and he hears a noise in his drawers and he opens it and it's the glove like scraping on the bottom of the drawer and tapping and stuff. And then he hears Freddie saying kill for me again. So he's wandering down the hall at this point and I think he goes into his sister's room and she's skipping isn't she and doing the, the chant thing. We cut to breakfast and Jesse is not happy. So he goes downstairs to ask his dad why they couldn't sell the house and why it was so cheap. And basically says, oh, there was a bunch of murders that happened here, wasn't there? And and he doesn't want to talk. Yeah, he doesn't want to talk about it. Then the toaster sets on fire. Yeah. So the toaster sets on fire. And then he's like, oh, that's strange. It's not plugged in. But doesn't well, seem to think hell. that it's weird. Then it cuts to him in the car with Lisa. And she is saying, oh, it's all in your mind. It's fine. She takes him to the old factory, which was an old power plant because she's been doing research on Kruger. And he worked there. And killed a load of yeah. kids apparently and she's like concentrate and see if anything comes to you here so she they're sort of walking around and then they see this cabinet with slashes on it so they go to open it and there's a rat in there she absolutely freaks out it's not the first time she freaks out on a rat either yeah there's worse things to be freaking out about than a rat so was it in a horror film, yeah? The, yeah, so it pan, it sort of cuts to night time at the house again and the fire's on and then it pans through the house to him. I think he's, no, you don't, that's it. You don't see anybody, so you pan in through the house and then you go upstairs to the sister's room and then you hear Freddie say, wake up, but she doesn't seem overly bothered and she's like, what do you want? And then it turns. It what turns. It? Yeah. yeah, it turns out to be Jesse, and then he's got the glove on, so he's like, "Oh shit again!" So he goes to his room and he's having stay up tablets and coke, <laughs> the drink, not the drug. It gets to morning. He he looks absolutely shattered at this point because he's probably not slept for about a million years. Looks tired. And the mum, very tired. Yeah, the mum's yeah. like, "You look better. Like, what planet are you on? It looks like absolute crap. I've not slept for ages." So, Dad's convinced it's drugs. Uh, mum thinks he's nuts, and he 
doesn't know what's going on basically at this point. He gets to school and like I think Lisa's trying to help him, but at this point he's just like, I, I don't want to talk about it anymore. And then it cuts mm-hmm. to the party. So the dad's barbecuing to a lot of old swing music, which is what 80s kids want to I hear. Like his hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's all it's all quite civilized. It's a civilized affair. And then and then the parents go to bed because the mum's like, right, come on, nobody wants you here. Let's go. And then it kind of changes, like the music changes and everyone starts leaping in the pool and going crazy. And then Lisa goes to the pool house to talk to Jesse and he's like, I really want to go home. I can't, I, I just feel, I feel like I'm going nuts. I can't cope with this. And she goes to kiss him. Oh, that's it, because they're waiting for the lights to go off in the parents' room. As soon as the lights go off, they're like, way! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, so she she's making out with him, but then he gets Freddie's tongue as his tongue and then freaks out and then oh, says, I'm going, I'm going home, and then puts puts his shoes on and leaves, and she's like, uh, what just happened? Because she didn't see what happened, obviously. And then it cuts to him going to Grady's house where he basically leaps on him and covers his mouth while he's asleep. And he's like, I need to stay. I'm in trouble. I don't know what's going on. And then, so Grady's like, why are you here? Why are you not with Lisa? What are you actually doing? And then he says that he killed the coach. Something's going on. I keep having these dreams. And then he's like, you need to let me stay. So Andy feels sorry for him and lets him stay. And then he's like, right, I'm going to go to sleep and you need to watch me. And if anything happens, you need to wake me up. Which we all know, this never works. Because people fall asleep. No way. Never work. No. So he he goes to sleep. No, it's life and people can't stay awake at all. Yeah. He goes to sleep. So Grady's like, right, okay, um... I'm going to go to sleep. In the meantime, Lisa's talking to a friend and she tells her to go and see him and talk it out and do whatever. So then it cuts back to Grady's. So Jesse's asleep and he checks him and he's like, right, fine, go to sleep. And then Jesse wakes up and he's like freaking out, wakes Grady up and he's like, Grady, it's happening. And then you get one of the best effects I've ever seen in a film. So he gets all the, the knives start coming out of his fingers and his hand his like arm turns into like a burned arm. Ugh. Then you see an eye in his mouth, I think, isn't it? And then there's like um it's like the ba- basically his head like pushing out of his stomach. Basically. Yeah. And then it's it, very effective. It's very effective. It's very then effective. he uh it cuts, cuts him basically, and just climbs out of him. It's really, it's really, really good. Grady's freaking out at this point, obviously, because he's like, "Oh shit, something is actually That's happening." And then uh, Freddie puts his hat on. Where did he get the hat? Where did that come from? I'm just Where saying. Did he get it from? I don't know. Um, but yeah, basically, his hat goes on and he's ready to do some killing. So he. Uh, Grady's trying to get out of his his uh, bedroom and he can't. 
the parents are on the other side trying to get in and they're like, why are you freaking out? What's going on? And then all you see is the four knives just come through the door and down and then you're like, oh, oh no. And then he's sat on the floor by the door dead. And then you see Jesse covered in blood with the glove on. And then he sees Freddy in the mirror laughing at him. So he flings this glove at him and then basically leaps out of the window because the police are coming. And then it cuts back to the party and Lisa's like, right, I'm going, I'm going to go find him. And then opens the door, but he's already there. So that's quite handy. And he ends up saying, I killed Grady, I killed Snyder, I'm scared. And then says that he is inside me and he wants to take me again. So she's like, I think you need to calm down. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And then he's basically saying, I've got blood on my hands, he owns me. He's using me to kill people, I can't. I don't know what I'm going to do. Then the water in the pool starts to boil. And then hot dogs explode. And then beer explodes. And then it cuts to Lisa reading the diary. Oh, and she says, yeah, she says that basically what Nancy said was the fear. He needs the fear of people to like do anything. And then he, and she's like, you can fight him. And he's like, I can't. And then... The, the poor fish start boiling. Yeah. And then he says, he basically does that thing. It's like almost like in werewolf films where people are like, ah, and they've got a stomachache and then they leap behind a couch and then they come out and they're a werewolf, basically. It's that kind of thing, isn't it? But instead of that, it's Freddy, obviously. So she starts running away from him and throws a piece of fabric at him. I don't know how that was going to do anything. Like, literally, she throws a piece of fabric. And I was like, get a lamp or something. It's crazy. It bites a leg, and then she gets a knife. Yes, yeah. It's not, your, it's not the shoes. Yeah. Yeah, she gets a knife, and then, uh, like, he, he turns back into Jesse's voice and says, kill me. And she tries to stab him, but, like, it doesn't even go through him, which is really weird. And then... He goes to kill her, but then says, I love you. So obviously it's him controlling him, so he can't kill her. So she runs away. He yeah, leaps... Well, that's a good, which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, he leaps out of the French doors, and then everything sort of goes back to normal. So everyone's like, oh, well, that was a bit strange. And then he leaps out of the... Does he leap out of the pool? He leaps out of some. It leaps out somewhere, and then everyone's like, "Ah!" And everything's on fire. Everything's on fire, and then he says, "You're all my children now." So there's a there's always that one person who thinks that they're really good at pacifying people. So this guy is like, "Oh, uh, mm. we can help you. It'll be fine." He gets killed because he's like, "No, I'm not having that." Then the. Uh, the dad comes out with a shotgun and starts blasting. <laughs> and then he, put, he does... He, he, uh, he Homer Simpson's out of there because he just walks through a bush. He just walks through a bush. Yeah. Um, but there's yeah. a bit of fire. Yeah. So Lisa runs off to follow him and then goes to the power plant, which is apparently operational now because there's lights on and stuff. And she sees the weird dog babies. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, the weird, the weird 
dogs with baby faces on. They're weird. I don't like them. Um, she's sort of wandering around and she can hear all this sort of scraping of the knives and stuff. Then she looks down at that bite and it's covered in ants and she freaks out, but then they're not there. So she's kind of seeing stuff. She sees a rat and absolutely freaks out. And I was like, you've seen worse things at this point. A rat is nothing. Yeah, and then she she thinks that she's fallen, but she's just on her knees on the floor. It kind of yeah, she's like all over the place. She doesn't know. She ends up getting cornered by him, and she's kind of doing that thing. She's like, "I know you're in there, Jesse. You've got to fight him." And then she tells it tells him that she loves him, and then he starts bleeding for some reason, and then. He's he's basically saying Jesse doesn't exist anymore. That's not that's not a thing. He's gone. It's just me now. And then it gets to uh, she goes to kiss him, Freddy. But first she takes his hat off and then kisses him. And then he sort of sits on the floor and gets engulfed with fire. So, and then you get this other effect of him like his face starts melting off. And then he and then he dies and then she's just sort of sat there crying and then you just see like the body of freddy so you're like oh is he actually dead as well but then there's movement and then he uh he peels like the burnt freddy off him and there he is hooray see if if it wasn't if it was a an analogy for being gay i don't understand the end of that because she wouldn't have any, like, he wouldn't be interested in her, so, apart from, like, in a friendship sense. Mm. So, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's a bit of a, I didn't, like, the ending's a bit, like, it's a bit weak. But, you know, it's fine. So then, it cuts back to the yeah. the first shot of the school bus, and they're all on the school bus, and they're like, well, that was an ordeal, wasn't it? And then uh, the the Randy friend is like, oh, what a good party that was. I don't know where she was because she clearly didn't see what was going on. She's like, I had a lovely time. Yeah. She's like, I had a great time. Then uh, the bus starts speeding up and he starts freaking out again. And he's like, the bus is speeding up. And they're like, no, it's fine. It's fine. And it like picks up somebody. I think the bus driver might be Bob Shea, but I'm not sure. So I think he appears again, possibly. So he, yeah, he, he starts like shouting and being like, stop that bus! And everyone's like, you are acting weird. Sit yourself down and stop it. And then uh, yeah. the, the friend's like, oh, Jesse, it's fine. Everything's finished. And then it does this really weird <laughs> cut. Though. Yeah, it's like a really weird cut of his arm coming out of her. And then she's like, ah! And then you just hear him laughing and then they drive into a desert again. And that's it. Bean! What an ending. Yeah. Certainly quite a drama. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to know where the friend was because she clearly didn't have an idea of what was going on. She must have been at a different party. Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, I I like it. I think it's good. Like, I as a... As a sort of 
I think I kind of take it as a standalone one because it's nothing really to do with the other ones. And it's not really mentioned again either. It's different. Yeah, yeah. But I like, I think it's really good. Like, obviously, it it's more interesting with, like, all the stuff that I've read about it and everything. But, like, I feel like the effects are really good in it as well. Like, and that, that kind of side of it holds up as well, so... I think it's a good, it's a good addition. The effects, the physical effects, are really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that effect where he's like cutting himself out. I think that was like what they spent most of the money on, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but it yeah, it's really too. good. Yeah. Yeah. I I give it a five out of five, and <sighs> if anyone doesn't like it, they can fight me. I don't care. I'd say. <laughs> Go probably a three out of five because there's like bits like where his brain's on show and stuff like that. There's a bit, yeah. And humour three out of five just because of just little little bits of little bits of funniness. But yeah, I like it. There was some funny elements to it. Yeah, I just like the. uh, It was always like cut to push ups, cut to more push ups. They've done something wrong again. Push ups. Yeah, but yeah, I I like it. I'll tell you what else I really enjoyed as well. Like when I first, when you first watch it, you get that entertainment in video sign. And I was like, that proper reminds me of being a kid. Yeah. Yeah, it really like, I was like, I remember that. Like that's proper like rental film kind of stuff. But yeah, I think it's really good. Video interesting, the same nostalgic. Yeah, I love, I love that, and I love, you know, like when you watch Disney films and you get the old Disney, that's quite good. Mm. But yeah, I I recommend yeah. it. It's good. I feel like if if you're a fan of the franchise, you're probably gonna have seen it already. But it's definitely worth a watch. It's a good, good standalone. It's a bit. It kind of reminds me of Halloween three, cause like that's not really got anything to do with Halloween. But it's part of the series. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I like it's it. Part of, part of the overall series. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's good. What are we doing next week? Next week we're doing Scream Two. It's quite a good yeah, yeah it's quite a good one. It's a good uh, good one. They're doing another one. They're doing a fifth one. That uh, all the okay. yeah all the like. David Arquette and Courtney Cox and Neve Campbell have signed on to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Oh yeah, I'd go and see that. Yeah. If I can, at the cinema. Well, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, your I'll homework see. for next week is to watch Scream 2. And in the meantime... Oh, we're on Facebook at Wonderful and Strange. We are also on Twitter at WNS Horrorpod, and we're also on the emails at wonderfulandstrange at hotmail.com and your homework for next week is to watch Scream 2 cool. in the meantime stay safe everybody try not to get too bored <laughs> bye
I'm Robert Conti, Chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. Speeding is a problem in DC. Make no mistake, speeding can be deadly. Speed limits exist for your safety. We remain focused on speed enforcement. Always obey posted speed limits. Switching to GEICO is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, GEICO makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to GEICO, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea.